If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, hi, this isn't Captain Kirk, but, uh, I have a question. What does God need with a podcast? Well, he doesn't if he has the Inglorious Trexperts. Listen to them. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman from Inglorious Trexperts in the 430 movie. And if you're a James Bond fan, you want to pick up my new book, Nobody Does It Better, the complete uncensored oral history of James Bond and Spy Mania. It's a hefty tome, and it's available now wherever you purchase books, audiobooks, and digital. Check it out, and I will renew your license to kill personally. Hey, this is Mark Altman. I'm here with your 430 movie hosts. Steve Melching. Darren Dockerman. Ashley Miller. And if you enjoy listening to the 430 movie, you'll love watching us on Electric Now. Electric Now is available on Stir, Zumo, and Distro TV apps and coming soon to the Electric Now app. So check us out, and it doesn't have to be 430. Any time of the day, we'll be there. Back in the 70s and 80s, before the advent of VHS, chances are, if you saw a classic movie, it was on the 430 movie. With their famous theme weeks, it was a chance to see movies you'd never seen before and get reacquainted with some old classics. So now, join us for the 430 movie. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and welcome to the 430 movie, where we celebrate best films of the Millennium Week. A couple of months late, but... Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> you think we planned this a little better? It's like it should have premiered like January, the first week of January. We yeah. celebrate, no. you know, because we're like, oh, the decade's over. It's like well, you, it took you a lot of time to go through that many movies. That's true. Because we had to rewatch them all. Yeah. A all thousand years is a long time. <laughs> it really is. No, no. When we say millennium, we mean the new millennium starting in two thousand. We're not talking about like the last thousand years. Uh, of uh, technically, technically uh, uh, oh my god, there was a cave wall that was particularly fascinating. No, technically. Technically, the millennium started in 2001, 2001. Um, there actually was a year zero uh, <laughs> because they didn't know how to count at that point. Well, they were inventing <laughs> numbers. It took them a time. year to figure it out. It's gonna be you that, don't know because one. they didn't have numbers yet. It's going to be that kind of show. Zero could have been <laughs> so big. Great. Let's talk more about math. Um, <laughs> cool. Um, life of pie. <laughs> And pie. Did somebody say pie? It's pie. <laughs> um, okay. So best films of Millennium, what does this mean? It means movies that have been released in theaters since the year 2000. Not TV movies, not movies from 1999. And uh, and it's going to be exciting. Way exciting. So, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I saw a lot of these lists published uh, around that time. Um, everybody was hopping on the bandwagon of best films of the Millennium. Uh, most of them were shite, as they say, as the Brits say. I don't know. I didn't see well, a lot of lists. It's I agree interesting. With. Like you look at, like say, by one barometer, the the best picture winners of the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. A lot of those winners haven't stood the test time. Not no. stood up. Like no, you can't remember them. Yeah. Which is, I think, the the worst indictment for something yeah. that was. You know, Name best but then again, it's I mean it's hard and picking a best anything is kind of ridiculous, but you know, it's hard in the moment to think like this is the best movie of the year. Sometimes you need that distance to really let it you know percolate and, and right. get a sense of what was truly, you know It's a, like best podcast host. Is it Steve? Is it Darren? Is it Mark? Is it Ashley? <laughs> Who knows? That's up to the audience to decide. Um <laughs> It's not Steve. 
<laughs> no, Steve's the, the most prepared. The best Boy Scout is Steve Melching. now again, most prepared goes to Steve Melching. <laughs> you know, we're not making fun. Would be proud. We're grateful. We're grateful. Because, Somebody's got to you know, be the home. I'm not exactly prepared here. Um, it's... That much is certain. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice to walk in and have Steve, you know, come in with a monicum of knowledge that we do not possess. Um this has been a great show. Um, Thanks. Good night. No four three four three movie. I, I you know it's it's I've gone back and watched movies that we've talked about on the show, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that I did. You you come back with a new appreciation sometimes, like somebody you know uh, delivers an impassioned advocation of a movie, or or brings up some interpretation of it that never occurred to you, and you're kind of excited to go back and right. Like when we all know. went back and rewatched Cloak and Dagger, and. <laughs> Can I ask you guys a question? It has nothing. I don't know why I'm that is a on, question. On the, okay, on the, on the podcast, this has nothing to do with the podcast. Okay, okay. But I'm going to ask we'll you because it. that's the kind of thing. So you know, every year we do our panel at Comic Con, WonderCon, mm-hmm. where we do a celebration of you know 30 year anniversaries. It started in 1982. We did a panel in 1982. We celebrated the films in 1982, and that we went over so well. We did 1983, the following year, and so on and so on. We did, last year we did 1989. We are now this year. Coming to 1990, the death of movies, right? So I wonder, do we do 1990 or do we do 1980? Which mm. should we do? Or do we do 2000? There was a lot of good movies in the year 2000. Well, we're going to talk about well, that today. We're going to talk about that today. Yeah. 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 But I'm, I'm curious. What do you think? 1990 or 1980? I kind of like going back to 1980. We'll reset the clock. Because that's kind of our... That's our thing. That's our too. decade. And I hate all these people who say, oh, the 90s was the greatest decade for no, you. No, they're not. No. The 90s were terrible. No, our yeah, job is some great, great movies. There were some but, great, yeah. especially independent films. There was some really good films. In the our job is to open yeah. the minds of the young. That's right. right. Who weren't around for the 80s. And I think the 80s deserve to be shown So we them. we go back to 1980. That's my, sure. that's my vote. I mean, I'm yeah. a, yeah. So when we get to 1982, we can talk about Gandhi again. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, no, I think, I th- look, I think that makes sense. You know, we could also do 1970. But that's not really, we were too young in 1970. Well, it doesn't mean, you know, we didn't eventually be. Agreed. How know. about the, the best movies of years ending in zero? <laughs> zero, <laughs> zero, zero, zero movies. 1920. No, okay, yeah. now I had another thought, which was years ago. we do. 1980 versus 1990, and we divide the panel and we do it like a SmackDown. Mm. And you, somebody puts up a movie from 1980, somebody puts up a movie from 1990. We've we've made so many enemies on our on our panels that way by dividing up people. And this is this is a podcast about uniting, bringing people together. Bringing people I see together. you pursued from a false assumption. I don't care about making enemies. <laughs> um, that's true. No, that's, <laughs> I assume I assume that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, this is neither here nor there. We're here to discuss the best movies of the millennium, best movies since 2000, uh, from 2000 on. We're looking back. This is a chance to sort of, this is sort of like, um, you know, Grace Hits album. You know, you may see your band, favorite band, and they have, you know, each album has like a couple of really great songs on it. And uh, and then they come out with the Grace Hits. It's all great. It's all great songs usually. So we're going to do something where we're, it's going to be all great movies. You know, it should be just, this should this should be like the greatest week we've ever programmed. Maybe not, because actually it's only the 2000s. So, but that, it should be a great that's week. That's the problem that I ran into looking at the lists of movies. Right? Me too. Oh, I don't know, but man. I a got lot a whole of them. page here that I really love. Well, Steve, you're you're prepared. You're prepared, and, and you're also um, much more embracing of... of Mediocrity? N- of newer, no, of, of new. newer things. Yeah. 
Maybe. Um, and that's not that's not a dig at you. That's yeah. that's uh, I'm wishing that I were we more like you. you. Okay. That, that, I, that I could get more enjoyment. <laughs> well, the problem is, unfortunately, some of these movies that I really love have been on the show before, and the question is, can they be again? Of course. Of course. I think everything's got to be on the table for best films. It has to be on the yeah, table. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's all on the table. It's got to be. And this was hard. There's a lot of great films, and, and 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 when I compiled my list, I'm just looking at films that I don't. I'm not trying to do a calculation and say like this is the best movie of the last 20 years. I'm just looking at movies that I that really connected with me at the time, and mm -hmm. movies that I've really enjoyed revisiting over and over since then. So it may not be the best film, but the films that are most meaningful or memorable to me right. that I really you know will go back and watch every year or every year or two. Yeah, sometimes I'm, more than once a year. So funny, I have things on my list that I've never seen since the first time I saw them, which mm -hmm. doesn't mean I don't think they're yeah. great. So let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. We're we're talking about movies, uh, the greatest movies since uh, the year two thousand, because you know people talk about how amazing the thirties were. Fantastic. I mean, I would certainly one of my favorite eras of movies, the nineteen thirties. That's why people say, "Oh, you you guys are only nostalgic for the movies you grew up on." Well, guess what? I'm not that old. I didn't grow up on movies in the thirties. That's probably my favorite. Thirties and forties are probably my but we favorite. We kind of did because they were on TV. That's true. Oh, I guess time. that's true. Yeah. 50s, nice era. 60s, mm -hmm. amazing era mm -hmm. for films. Oh, 70s, yeah, 70s, incredible. Love the 70s. 70s I was a kid in the 70s. I wasn't seeing half the, uh, so many of the movies that are my favorite movies of the 70s, I didn't see until my I was in the would let me yeah. see them. Yeah. Huh, exactly. And the 80s, that I admit is nostalgia. Yeah. Like, I don't think the 80s is necessarily like this great era for movies. I th That I, I think it's is more nostalgia. Great era for pop culture movies. Yes. 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 I agree. And it's then the fun, 90s. Fun era. The 90s were fine. The 90s were kind of a a, a retreat, it, a, a, kind of a, a, re, a reaction to the 80s. It was a time was, of change. Yeah, yeah, where you had these, the indies, like sort of you had that kind of the indie movement coming out of the, in the films of the, of the 70s, where you had the, you know, the sort of the film school generation coming in. I think the 90s, you had a new group of filmmakers that was, the, you know, this new independent group of filmmakers. Yes. The film equivalent out. of Grunge Soderbergh and, 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 you know, Tarantino and, you know, people like that. Cameron and I've said this on the Cameron show Crow, before, yeah. but I do feel that we're a victim right now of that perfect storm of um, technology that has diminished movies. One is CG. You know, which I feel that, you know, movies have become too reliant on special effects because they can do anything, you know, and, and they often do. And then often, you know, it's just a big muddle, mm -hmm. um, you know, and it really is from that Jurassic Park on where you're really, you know, two is, is nonlinear editing that like you can just constantly be, you know, cut, 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 cut. You're not cutting negative and you're changing the movie without necessarily putting in a lot of thought to it. Um, so, I, and then, you know, it's the, you know, also the change of distribution patterns, yeah, right. you know, with the emergence of, of streaming and, and stuff where now to be in a movie, you say, you know, the feeling is if I'm going to go see a movie and pay $20 or whatever it is, um, it's gotta be special. It's gotta be something yeah. big, you know, That's and something really warrants benefit from yeah. Yeah, a big screen presentation. I want something with a large explosion. But that's why, you know, I, I, ha I have to give credit, you know, um, to 1917 um, mm -hmm. because that is a movie that even though I had the screener, mm -hmm. you know, I had to go see it. And this is not a Marvel movie and it's not, you know, Star Wars, a Star War, but it's <laughs> it's a, um, you know, it, it got it's it's sort of an indie arty movie mm -hmm. that got me out to see it on the big screen. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad I did. Yeah, yeah, you have to, to see yeah. it on the big screen. Yeah. Because I'm sure the experience at home is is not the same. Yeah. I loved 1917. I did too. I think it's great. And it's funny because we had talked about um, during War Week 
why aren't there more great World War One movies? And you guys, you know, basically were very wise in saying to me, I said, oh, it's trench warfare. It's not that exciting. It's not like World War Two where there's a lot more going on. I said, no, World War One is actually a fascinating conflict. And, uh, you know, Sam Mendes certainly proves that with mm-hmm. that virtuoso piece of filmmaking. It, it's World War One was not a simple conflict like World War Two. I mean, World War Two yeah. is very easy to guys. understand, very black and white. You had a, one of the worst villains in history just doing unspeakable things and creating war around the globe. Um, World War One was complicated, it's very complicated. And but it was fascinating. It was. I mean, the emergence of all of this war technology that was coming out, the, the modern war technology, mm-hmm. everything yeah. from, you know, tanks and airplanes to poison warfare, gas yeah. and barbed wire and you know, machine guns, all that sort of yeah. stuff. I, yeah, there's. I've always wanted to do a, a movie about an aero squadron. You know, I have a storyline for that. I would love to do someday. Well, there's, well, there's, there's no time movie, than now. Uh, Flyboys, yeah, Flyboys, Flyboys, uh-huh. a wonderful movie which I don't think we talked about. And uh, uh, it's I terrific. Have it on Blu-ray. Um, this is a good year for movies. God, 1917, I'm Parasite. I yep. think was a really, really great movie. I love Jojo Rabbit. I loved uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep, we talked uh, about that. Book Smart, I really liked. Uh, I think it was a good week, a good year for movies. We just saw a Pain and Glory. It's terrific. Last Black Man in San Francisco. Terrific. A lot of good movies this year. Yeah, it was a strong year. You know, everybody every year the Irishman's great. The Irishman, yeah. Um, every year they say, "Oh, movies are dying," you know, and it's like, not by not not as evidenced by the quality of. Uh, and they say movies that this every year. year. They do say that every year. They do say that every. And in a way, you know, hopefully the emergence of streamers is actually going to benefit because you know they're paying for movies that no one else would finance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, even that. Um, What's that thing right now? That, um, uh, Dave Fincher is making a movie about uh, the making Citizen Kane, I think. Right, yes. And it's like, who's going to finance uh, that? Mankiewicz, yeah, uh, the about, writing of Citizen Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like Netflix is financing you know, mid-budget films in ways that like the studios haven't financed them in years. And if yeah. you look at the way that material is being acquired or has been acquired since Netflix has gotten into the game, like if you just kind of look at um, like screenplay sales, like original sales for films, like... Those numbers have gone up mm-hmm. as Netflix, Amazon, et cetera, have gotten it. into it mm-hmm. because they're not trying to make, you know, well, $200 million They can fill that gap that was sorely needed, that was sorely missing yeah. for the last 20, right, 25 years. Right, the sub-$100 million dollar movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, can take a few more risks and, and, and give a training ground for directors so they're not jumping straight from these little indie movies into gigantic franchises. Right. Which is insane. I we mean, you're they're taking right people now. because, you know, they might have a, a good eye or they did a nice short or whatever. And they're saying, OK, so here's what we're going to do. Hmm. Um, we're going to give you uh, $150 million. We're going to give you 300 employees. Your burn rate is uh, you've got to like finish spending it all in the next 12 to 18 months and you're not allowed to fail. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> because on top of the $150 million that you're spending, we're going to spend another $150K, $150 million, on, marketing. Uh, on marketing, and then mm-hmm. it's all going to be your fault one way or the other. We realize <laughs> that you have no training in business or management, and you are not psychologically prepared for this task. But if you would like to just go ahead and make that big movie for us, that would be great. I mean, that's insane. Who makes those decisions? Yeah. Oh, also, we're going to second guess every everything decision. you every do, decision which you is make. why we want somebody young and experienced yeah. because you have to rely on us and you will listen to us and you won't fight like a Fincher or a Scor- you know Scorsese or these people we can't tell anything to. So um, we, we will be able to dictate and micromanage every aspect of this production. 
So mm-hmm. good luck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, recipe for disaster. Okay, so here we are, movies of the millennium. Uh, we're going to start with Steve on Monday. Steve Melching. Okay, so, you know, like I said, I'd made a list of, uh, you know, a couple dozen movies that I've really connected with over the last 20 years. And so it was really difficult to uh, narrow it down to one. And I was on the fence until, you know, I think just even last night, mm. like, what's my pick going to be? But I'm still on the fence. I'm comfortable with this pick and, and I'll defend it. If you ask me tomorrow, it might be something else. And we can get into some of the other picks at the end of the show. Sure. But, um, I'm going to go with uh, a film by David Fincher. I'm going with 2010's The Social Network, mm. uh, directed by David Fincher, written by Aaron Sorkin, based on the book uh, Accidental, Bi- Accidental Billionaires, um, which they were kind of written at the same time. Uh, the, the author of the book, uh, Ben Mesrick, was uh, working on the novel when they wanted to make a movie out of it. So mm. Aaron Sorkin met with him and, and they kind of... To hear Sorkin tell it, they kind of went their separate ways and did parallel research mm. and develop much like the creation it. of Facebook itself. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> interesting. But this is a movie that I immediately loved when I saw it because you know David Fincher is one of our best living directors, in my opinion. It's immaculately shot uh, by uh, Jordan Cronenweth. Um, it's got that wonderful musical score by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, and it has a terrific cast. You know, anchored by Jesse Eisenberg as playing Mark Zuckerberg, who's he was playing nominated. Lex Luthor. Yes, <laughs> nominated he for a Best Actor amazing. Oscar for that performance. Andrew Garfield, Justin Timberlake, Army Hammer as the Winklevi. So wait, Lex Luthor fights Spider-Man and the Lone Ranger? Yeah. Yes. Crazy. <laughs> Let's see this movie. <laughs> Sounds exciting, doesn't it? <laughs> but this is a movie that I loved when I saw it. Two Lone Rangers. <laughs> has only grown more relevant, uh, mm-hmm. especially in recent years, with what Facebook has become since then. I mean, when this movie, you know, famously, the the poster for this movie is, you know, something about, you know, you know, how do you get five hundred million friends? And gosh, it was the it, it, Facebook had five hundred million users when this movie was released. It's now up to two over two point four billion users today, and the impact that that website has had on world society it's incalculable yeah you know arguably may have impacted our last presidential election with the spread of all kinds of disinformation or misinformation or propaganda uh, of all kinds um, Mm. without any kind of vetting um, and 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 their wholesale use of our private data that we're giving them about ourselves so that they can sell crap back to us or yeah. sell to other companies. It's a f- and it's just a fascinating story on its own about friendship, loyalty, jealousy, class, and power as uh, these lawsuits are brought to bear against Zuckerberg by the, these people. And um, it's just a great drama. It's got humor in it. It's got momentum and energy, um, and it is crying out for a sequel. Yeah, I've said in the past I'm a huge fan of Aaron Sorkin on the show. I was a little few good men. I I, I really liked his directorial debut, Molly's yeah, Game. Yeah, Molly's Game. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of The West Wing and his script for the and Moneyball, which is another Aaron Sorkin. Steve Jobs. Uh, yeah. I love Steve Jobs. Oh, and too. Steve Jobs. So do I. I. I really like Steve Jobs a lot too. But this is a beautiful, uh, beautifully written film. 
Um, you know, the dialogue is just fantastic. Everything comes together in this movie. You know, like, you're not an asshole, Mark, but you're trying so hard to be. <laughs> and I think he's succeeded now. Right, you know, like, yeah, in right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's yeah. just bought all that land in Maui and, like, kicking people out. I mean, it's these compounds he's building and just his sort of arrogance and, you know, uh, God, who's the producer? Scott Rudin? Yeah. He, I know he's he's made some statements that he really wants to do a, a sequel, a sequel. Yeah. and I would love it to get the band back together and get the same cast, get Aaron Sorkin, get David Fincher to tell the story, you know, post, you know, social network through Absolutely. the election and into today. I yeah, think that through would be a Cambridge sequel. Analytica yeah. and uh, and um, you know the, the election, and yeah, it's it's and it really requires sort of a, a deep dive and a, a look yeah. because you know I'm a big advocate of free speech I always have been and so I've always felt like all the the noise to to um censor Facebook or to vet you know I was like well, you know people put stuff up and then it's up to people what to believe and what not to believe yeah. but it's much more complicated than that and you know well it, when it, you've got foreign entities you know, spreading this stuff yes. to manipulate people's thoughts. And people don't you know, vet. Like, I'm always yeah. amazed, like, people believe this stuff because, like, I read something I said, obviously that's a lie or that's made up or that's yeah. funny. But people don't vet this stuff as carefully and they just accept this stuff as the truth. But then at the same time, it's like, it's such a tough way to know where the line should fall. You know, it's very challenging. So art is great at examining these issues because I think people don't want to do it through the dryness of yeah. the, you know, news or, or, or by actually, God help them having to read, you know. <laughs> so um, it'd be, I think the time for a social network sequel is definitely now. And the, the movie took some flack when it came out for its liberties that it took, you know, with, with real history. I mean, Sorkin clearly, you know, wanted to tell... A story and 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 you know conflated a lot of events and, and moved some stuff around but his famous quote was you know um can we not have the true be the enemy of the good can we mm. not have the true be the enemy of the good right, oh, right. he was trying to tell a good story so he he fudged a lot of things in order to well it's like shakespeare right it's like if you're getting your history from shakespeare history plays <laughs> your grasp of history isn't going to be terrific <laughs> <No. laughs> uh it's like that's that's not the point but um, for uh, Several hundred years, that's exactly where people got their history. Certainly, <laughs> some people did, but you still shouldn't. Um, I mean, even at the time, like people would have told you, well, that isn't what happened at all. Uh, but uh, I will dissent with you only slightly because this is your pick. And, uh, it, but uh, look, David Fincher, you're right. He is one of the greatest filmmakers who've ever lived. I think, in terms of living directors right now. He is like one of maybe five people, like count them on a hand, who I think actually deserve the title filmmaker, who actually deserve a film by, mm -hmm. like next to their name, like when it comes up on the credits, right? Instead of like some Yahoo, like out of college, a film by, you know, Joe Schmendrick, whatever. I don't care. He's a but great filmmaker. <laughs> Joe, Joe Schmendrick. Joe Schmendrick is a great filmmaker, but Fincher is amazing, right? Um, uh, he's so exacting. He's so precise. Even when his um, movies don't quite work, you are. I, I personally am still enthralled by them. Right, mm -hmm. like the girl with the dragon tattoo, which mm -hmm. I think like doesn't really work, but at the same time, I find it just completely watchable. Yes. Like, it, I feel exactly the same way. And he's just a master of like of, of visual storytelling. Not just hey, I made a great frame, mm -hmm. but visual storytelling. Right. Um, and I think Aaron Sorkin is a great writer. I think like it's an incredible cast. Justin Timberlake. Who knew? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's it's all awesome. The uh, the the score 
is great, but there is something about it that just falls down for me. Even though I love moments like, you know, Army Hammer, like playing the, oh, the Winklevoss twins, twins yeah. like, you know, I'm six foot five, 250 pounds, and there are two, two of me. me. <laughs> I'm like, that's a great, great moment in sports. But, but there are just, <laughs> and I don't know what it is, but I feel like there is, I feel distanced from the material mm-hmm. in a in a way that, that I, that I don't know is is kind of great for the for the drama well, of it all. I, I like, think it's because these characters are so prickly. I mean, they're kind of dicks. You don't really like any of. There's them. no warmth to that movie, yeah. and nor should there be because, uh, yeah, they're they're all self-involved, entitled yeah. pieces of you know. And, and in some ways, I think, I guess it depends on the film. For Fincher, like that kind of work, like Zodiac is very yeah. like that. But I'm like totally in on Zodiac, right? Well, Zodiac has the heart of uh, of uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Right, that's at, right. At the core of it, but his he, essential goodness and his desire to solve this mystery. Fincher is also inherently a very cold filmmaker, and he's a very technical filmmaker. You could argue yeah. he's, he's like, like Kubrick. Kubrick in that way. Yeah, 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 sort yeah of absolutely. Like arranging he, things by no, let's just kind of now let's reshoot it now that I've moved that cup like yeah. a millimeter. So I can see why you would have that reaction, but I agree with Steve. It certainly would make my list of... Uh, oh, yeah. And it's it's shocking. Million. I mean, we've talked about the films that won Best Picture. The, the King's Speech beat that film <sighs> that year, which is a movie that... I, I liked by, it. It's by a cast good, director it's a Tom Hooper. You mean <laughs> like uh, movie, Shakespeare in but... Love beating Saving Private Ryan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like never underestimate the Academy to go for a period piece over, yeah. you know, movies that stand the test of time. But this is, you know, this is a movie that I revisit at least once a year. Mm. I just, it, and there's something about it just fascinating. I, I want to watch it. And again. the commentary track is terrific too. And you talked about CG earlier. There's a lot of CG in this movie, but it, it's very yeah. subtle and just done to create. Well, he comes from visual effects. Obviously, yeah. go back to even Return of the Jedi, and you know, like he's always been the way he uses special effects. He's very precise, mm-hmm. and he uses. I mean, Zodiac. You wouldn't know it. Most of that is all the period stuff is all effects. Yeah. But he does it in such a seamless way that it doesn't take you out of the picture because it's uh, seamless. Mm-hmm. All from. Living across the street from George Lucas. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he worked on, uh, was it Return of the Jedi? Or he's like, got a credit on Return on of the Jedi. On Jedi, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. Fantastic. Great choice. So Tuesday, Darren Dockerman. Oh, yes, Tuesday. 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 Um, I had a tough time picking movies. Because you don't like them. Because I don't like a lot, <laughs> a lot of the movies that ha- have happened in the past 20 years. But I finally found one that I could finally embrace and go all in. The remake of Vacation. (laughs) Damn you. (laughs) How did you know? 2004. Pixar. The Incredibles. Ah, okay. Good choice. I love this movie. Not necessarily because of the action and and the direction and the uh, and the characters and thing, although all of those are great. The message that it says is incredibly important that we need to use our talents, we need to use our capabilities to the, to the uh, ultimate expression. And, and, you know, they s- state it in the film, if everyone is special, no one is. Mm-hmm. And... You know, it can be looked at as sort of a very Ayn Rand uh, kind of statement. However, there is truth in it in that everyone deserves to reach their full potential. 
however, whatever that may be. And uh, the the scenes of uh, Mr. Incredible um, working in his daily job and being crushed by his existence and forced to uh, hide him, hide his capabilities under a bushel is so real and horrific. It's just soul crushing. Absolutely. It's it's to see him released from this is amazing and wonderful. And uh, there's so much emotional content in this film. Or he just comes alive again. Yeah. 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 Plus, Brad Bird is really funny as Edith Head. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. It's I funny. Mean, I, I really like The Incredibles. I think my pick probably would have been Inside Out for uh, mm. a Pixar movie, of uh, which I just adore, um, of the, of this era. But Incredibles, there's no question. It's it's uh, it really cemented you know Pixar is uh, just incredible um, animation studio for the ages. Yeah. You know, it's one of probably my top three Pixar favorite Pixar mm. movies, and I just love. The design aesthetic mm-hmm. of it. I love the Michael Giacchino score. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's great. John but well, yeah. it was supposed to be. But in fact, the early promos had Honor Majesty's Secret Service, right. and they wanted John Barry to score it. And for whatever reasons, it didn't work out. And then they got Michael Giacchino, and then they said, "Make it sound like John Barry." And he did. And he did. Yeah, it's fabulous. That that extended score that came out a few years back is just terrific. Mm-hmm. All the characters are great. The family dynamic is great. Those kids feel like real kids. Yep. Um, it's so great that, like, Jack-Jack, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he he barely appears in that movie, but I was just thrilled when the Jack-Jack attacks short was released <laughs> with mm-hmm. the uh, with the DVD and the, the Blu-ray. And it's because it's just hilarious. Or, you know, just how The Incredibles 2 felt like not just it's a sequel, but kind of a family reunion, like in a, in a kind of a great way. Um, I mean, I actually think The Incredibles is a better film. It's a way better film it's in a, my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. But because those characters were so well drawn, it was, and it wasn't about the plot. It was, it was a welcome experience to, uh, to, to go back and, and spend time with them. Yeah. I was extremely disappointed by the sequel. I, I was a little... I didn't see the sequel. Yeah. I didn't see it. I don't know why. But that dynamic, especially when... Uh, uh, the, oh gosh, what's the father's name? Uh, uh, Craig T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson. Uh, <laughs> when he's getting, you know, back with his old crime-fighting buddy, Frozone, right. you know, Samuel Jackson, and and they're out like secretly fighting crime, right. and he gets busted by Listening his wife. To the police radio, and yeah. yeah, is that rubble? <laughs> it's just, I just, I love the nostalgia of it when he's pining when he's oh in his, his study, so looking powerful. at all of his yeah. old awards his and old headlines and everything. It's so moving. Yeah, it's yeah. a lovely movie. I, Good I, choice. I adore that movie. So, Ashley, Wednesday, best movies of the new millennium. Incredibles 2. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you said 2004, yeah. I'm like, what? There was a sequel to 2001, 2004? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Three years later, nothing changed. <laughs> the monolith is still out there. <laughs> so, I have given this pick, like, Steve, like, you a lot of thought. Um, probably more thought than I've given to a pick in, in quite some time. I didn't know you thought about your picks. I do think about my <laughs> it's picks. a heavy burden. It's like, look, because when your job is to be out of the box, <laughs> right? First, got to think about the box. <laughs> and you got to think about how you're going to blow it up, what pyrotechnics you're going to use. That's exactly right, man. There's, like, strategy to this shit. There are levels to this shit. Uh, <laughs> a lot of ins and outs. A lot of ins Wheels and outs. within wheels. But 
I'm going to settle on one of my favorite experiences as a moviegoer is walking into a film with zero expectations whatsoever and just being thoroughly engaged, delighted, walking out, feeling like I've discovered something. Um, and every so often, you know, that, you know, sometimes it's something that's 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 simple and fun, like, you know, like, and, and this is an insane example, but it's a simple, fun movie. The Rundown, right? Mm -hmm. Pete Berg's The Rundown. It's just, it's a fun movie. I had no expectations walking into that. So I went into my pick uh, with almost negative expectations mm -hmm. because I had met the director. Mm -hmm. I had a meeting with him. Fine human being, but I just felt like walking out of that meeting like, is he for real or is it all just sort of a put on, right? Like, how can all of that be real? And I decided that it couldn't be real. So when I sat down to watch uh, Nick Reffin's Drive, mm. I thought, well, I'm just seeing this. I walked into that movie like, you know, having all kinds of doubts about Reffin and whether he is for real. I walked into that movie thinking, what's the big deal about Ryan Gosling? I walked out uh, being a complete believer in Reffin uh, and completely understanding the Ryan Gosling thing, that that guy was a movie star. I just, Drive is like, it's fascinating. The, the development process on that film is fascinating. It, you know what? I paid for this microphone. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, I didn't pay. I think Dean paid for this microphone. Now, can I just say one thing? Yeah. I have no quibble with the pick. I okay. love Drive. My quibble is you picked this like two weeks ago I on did? Film Noir Week. I did? Yeah. Well, goddammit. I mean, I looked at the... I looked at the... You know what? I'm going to... I mean, I love up. Drive. Then I you know get what? it. Screw I'm not it. criticizing the... I picked it two weeks ago. Why didn't we tell me? Because I had the long lead up, didn't I? Well, I'll tell you what my backup was. Because... Yeah. <laughs> the Empire Strikes Back. Yes. No. My backup. It was a, it was a close well, We did second. say everything I, was on the table. Only God did. forgives. But it was too busy. <laughs> I, went, I said, did I look at this? Did I say anything about this? I scour the spreadsheet, but the spreadsheet isn't completely It updated. hasn't been updated. Zach! Yes. You're fired. So let's forget I said drive. Let's talk <laughs> instead <laughs> about a movie that, from the previews, I thought this is going to be absolutely... Wait, I'm not wrong, right? I mean, I don't want to do this to him. If, if no, I don't think I'm you're pretty wrong. sure he we've had a lengthy conversation about, about drive. Yeah, yeah you're right. Pick, I though. think you're right. It's like, and I, and since Zach isn't here to like to double check for me, um, let's pretend I didn't say that. In fact, my choice is going to be The Empire Strikes Back. Is Looper? Uh, is Looper? You know, it's funny. <laughs> it's close because my pick is another movie that I walked into the theater not expecting anything and walked out loving it. Was Ryan Johnson's Brick. Oh, right. Yeah. Brick. Is that was my pick. Was for... it? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This is like, we're so like. That you know was what? your pick. Yes, I God know. It, give me till Friday. You go ahead. <laughs> you talk about Thursday. Come back Maybe to we me. should just not run that episode <gasps> and just pretend. Just pretend it never happened. Brick. Oh, my God. It's like I made my list and. I but I agree with you. I, I think know. Brick is one of the great movies. Crazy. I love Fine, it. Damn it. Oh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do a movie that I knew was going to be awesome the second that I sat down in that theater. You want to know why? Because I had a lot of puppets, and those puppets were fucking. It's called Team America World Police. 
right? I guarantee you there was not a movie before or a movie since anything like it. And if you say that we talked about this four weeks ago, I'm going <laughs> to... I kind of feel that we did talk damn about it. We did. We did. Right? I don't remember what week it was. It wasn't It wasn't Noir week. Okay, it wasn't picked. It wasn't picked. And it wasn't okay. picked. Then Team America. Because I remember Police. this conversation. But, but this is ruining Marionette Week. <laughs> <laughs> Caligula. Uh, Team America, World Police, which I can also talk about with great verb. Uh, you know, uh, Trey Parker, Matt Stone, the uh, tours behind Orgasmo. Uh, and South Park, bigger, and South longer, uncut. uncut. Um, you know, they have like the, the fabulous double entendre mm-hmm. um, made a great Jerry Bruckheimer action movie with like really great music um, that was kind of a great sort of send up of our, you know, the, the war on terror and all of these things at the time. Um, the action is actually weirdly well done mm. for a puppet mm-hmm. movie. Right, for a puppet movie. Uh, and that includes all kinds of action, including the action like in the bedroom, which I think <laughs> originally that movie was given an NC-17 <laughs> and then they had to keep cutting down the puppet sex, right? It was the puppet sex that was getting them an NC-17, which I remember uh, Trey Parker just going Ooh, off on. Just, just, exactly. I remember Will Hayes used to say, no puppet sex. Yeah, right? It's like, it was part of the Hayes Code, right? No fucking puppet. Remember the, the famous photo of all the things you couldn't do in the Hayes Code? Yeah. One of them was, no, puppets cannot have sex. <laughs> it was like number 69. Not since the days of Peter Jackson have puppets had this much sex. <laughs> I can't believe So, uh, you know what? I'm going to just, you know what? Before we, we finish this week, I'm going to go ahead and like name everything else. No, it's like just keep naming. Cloak and Dagger. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait, no, no. That was 1985, my man. Yeah. Well, I, got more, I got a ton of movies here. Okay, so. well, I'd like to go before well, You go. You would go. You pick Thursday. I pick Thursday. And I promise to pick a movie I have not picked before. Brick. Brick. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it's such a tough, it's such a tough week. Yeah, it is. It's such a tough week. You know, it's funny. My, my first choice... I've only seen it once, so I, I don't think I can pick it because I, I really have nothing to say about it. Uh, <laughs> it's the assassination of Jesse James oh. by the coward Robert Ford, yes. which is a, you, the reason I want to pick it is because I thought Andrew Dominic uh, really gets you know didn't get the kind of attention he deserved. It's it's Roger Deakins like mm-hmm. masterwork. I mean, it's just extraordinary looking movie. But I, I saw it once. I remember everybody saying, "Oh, it's slow and awful," and I loved it, and I thought yep. it was slow and fantastic. But I, that's all I remember. So I'd have to Me watch too. it. Me too. I have it on my shelf. I bought it on Blu-ray. I didn't see it in the theater. I bought it on Blu-ray and I watched it. And I loved it. Right. And I haven't watched it again Me since. Me too, right? But it's terrific. But, I, but you couldn't say anything about it, right? No. Casey no. Affleck's in it. Yeah. He was great. Uh, so It's terrific, though. You know, it's watch like- Watch it once. Right, it's, it's terrific. <laughs> but, <laughs> but okay, so I'm going to pick, you know, and then I was thinking about a movie you and I saw together. Yeah. Um, which was Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. That was my number two yes. pick. Um, That's a great. But let's movie. save that yeah. for Friday because okay. I have something I want to pick. Yeah. Um, but we'll come back to that because I think that was, that was my number two. Literally, that, was, that was my number was two as well. I thought it was ninety nine. Crouching but Tiger. Yeah. Okay. No, it was two no, thousand. Okay. So I'm going to go with Mahan Drive. Nice. And, and That's the on my reason I, That's number two, two on my actual. The reason list I was reluctant to pick it was because, of course, it started as a TV pilot, and and not since the cage was turned into the menagerie. Was there something as audacious as him taking sort of a middle-of-the-road failed ABC pilot, Mm -hmm. filming a bunch more footage, and turning it into this masterpiece of a movie that, you know, really is his answer to Twin Peaks, you know? Silencio. 
But um, <laughs> I, I don't know what it means. I don't know what happens in that movie. I just know I love it. We uh, saw it together at Telluride. We did see it together. And Crouching Tiger, we also saw it together. That's true. A lot of great memories, Steve. But, yeah, oh, that, I remember just being enervated coming out of that movie. Remember? There, uh, we, we went to Mulholland see it, Drive. and we were just so excited. We went to see it at, at the Max. Yep. And we weren't sure we were going to get in. Yep. And we did. It was like the first thing, the first show. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, but on the schedule, maybe it's not the thing you want to see because it'll be playing a lot. To- no, we got to go see David it. Lynch, got to yeah. see it. And Kay was there, Kay yeah, and Aaron. Kay and, Aaron. and oh my God, I love that movie. You know, um, I think it was Peter Deming shot it. Mm-hmm. It looks amazing. Gorgeous. It's sumptuous. Bizarre. Um, there's certain uh, storylines that go nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some, some of the stuff with Rar Forster, like mm-hmm. clearly was from the pilot, and mm-hmm. like had I'm not quite sure what that was all about. But then you have, I mean, that just bizarre scene after bizarre scene with the cowboy, where Justin Theroux oh. goes, "If you see me once, you've done good. If you see me twice, you haven't." Yeah. And it's just it's that vintage David Lynch where it just washes over you. With, it's, it's that dream logic dream that logic, pervades yeah. that movie. Like I had a theory that that whole movie is like her life running before her eyes as she's dying mm. when she was murdered in her crappy apartment. Mm. <laughs> and that was this fantasy slash dream it's nightmare so reality of her Hollywood journey. Amazing when it turns on a dime midway through the movie yeah. and it becomes a completely different movie and completely different characters. Plus all the allusions to movies that I love like Gilda, mm-hmm. you know, and you know all those noir classics that Lynch is paying homage to and Laura and stuff like that. I just, I love it. You know, it's a great L.A. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beautifully directed. There's some great performances. Naomi Watts made her a star. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Tank Girl that made her a star. Uh-huh. It was uh, Mahomes. I had such a crush on her after that movie. She's so your kind. Of, yeah. yeah. I mean, all the girls you used to date when you were single. She's such a, yeah. yes, I can see that. And Laura Herring was my kind of yes, crush. Yeah. So, um, but, but, and, and that David Lynch sound design, that trademark, oh. that he is such a master of sound. Are they behind someone like Ben Burt? I think he is so great at creating these audio Absolutely. worlds. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because Lynch walks a fine line because on one hand, you have something like Twin Peaks, which is, you know, utterly brilliant. And then it goes too far and you get Inland Empire mm-hmm. or you get Fire Walk With Me, right? This straddled that line between coherence and dream mm-hmm. dream incomprehensibility. Yeah. And it, it's just such the perfect, it, it's just so perfect. And then Angelo Badlamente is oh. the gangster. <laughs> yes. Um, and this is the girl. This is, this the, is girl. the girl. And uh, I I love that movie. I've watched it many times. Yep. It's like John Williams playing Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody. Let's get this fellowship together. <laughs> One, two. Or a bartender in, on an alien planet. Um, um, yes, in one shot. In one shot. <laughs> yeah, Inland Empire felt like it was kind of a remake of this movie d- done for less money and not as good. Right, yes, yes. But I, this is one of my favorite Or even Lost movies. Highway, which is a movie yeah. I like. Yeah. But it's, it's not... Mahal Drive, yeah. you know, um, you know, and it's also has a similar kind of structure and it has some interesting things going on, but it's not nearly the movie that Mahal Drive is. And, and I just admire the fact that he took this failed pilot mm-hmm. and turned it into this incredible film. Um, and, uh, you know, as much as I love the Twin Peaks sequel series on Showtime, mm-hmm. you know, which arguably goes on too long and a little too self-indulgent, Mahal Drive is just like perfect. Yeah, I think of his entire filmography, I would probably give the edge to Blue Velvet. Yeah, me too. But 
I, this is probably my second favorite of Lynch's movie. Though. Yeah, I, Blue, I, so I agree. I, I agree. And this is like sort of son of Blue Velvet. Yeah. And I agree. I think Blue Velvet's a better movie. Yeah. But that's probably because that was conceived that way. Yeah. Um, but Mahan Drive's great. Okay. Friday, guys. Well, oh, Crouching Tiger, saying. Hidden Dragon. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we all wow. were that's high on all of our lists. Absolutely. Like, yeah. That was that, like you were your intro to your movie. I almost thought you were going to pick it because right. this is a movie that we all walked into. I remember I saw it with Mark, so we had the same experience with zero expectation, like some kind of martial arts movie right. with Chow Yun Fat. Yeah. And it was so tr- utterly transporting. I was so delighted and moved. We called that when it was over the best Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah best Star Wars movie. <laughs> Sequel uh, since the original Wars, trilogy. Yeah. yeah, totally. That's exactly what we called it. That's what we wanted the Star and, Wars uh, prequels to and, be. And um, I remember it was the first movie in Telluride I ever saw twice. Yes. Mm. I was, loved it so much. Even though it was coming out in a couple months, I had to go see it again. We went and saw it in the park. We yeah. sat outside in the cold to watch it a second time. Standing on a tree branch. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> the cast, uh, Michelle Yeoh, mm-hmm. Chow Yun-Fat, I mean... And I was familiar the with the Michelle Yeoh score. because, of course, she had been in, um, you know, Heroic Trio and some of the classic mm-hmm. Chow Yun-Fat. Um, and Chow Yun-Fat, we knew, well, Tomorrow Never Dies, right? But um, um, but I had known um, her work from, uh, you know, back in the John Woo days and yeah. stuff. Um, but it's just, this movie, everything about this movie works. It's lyrical. It's beautiful. The action is insanely good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's beautifully shot by Peter Powell, um, it's and it's just wildly entertaining. You know, love story in it. It's yeah. just heartbreaking. It wrecks you yeah. at the end of that movie. Yes. And I did not go into this movie expecting nothing. I mm. went into Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, just as excited as I could be because I was already like had a massive geek crush on uh, Chow Yun Fat, right? Mm-hmm. Like I am still convinced to this day, um, a, a, if there is ever a perfect movie, Chow Yun Fat must be in it mm. uh, because I am such a fan of his work from like the Hong yes. Kong days with John Woo, mm-hmm. Hard Boiled, Killer, you name yeah. it. Like he is awesome, yeah. right? The only reason why like A Bullet in the Head isn't a perfect film is because Chow Yun Fat is isn't not it? in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So when I saw the trailers for this and I realized like what was going on, I was like, okay, I am 100% in and I loved every frame of this film and again just the it's not only beautiful and smart and kind of the mythology is sort of well presented and the choreography is awesome and I think it's the same fight choreographer who did the matrix yeah. if I recall yeah, correctly yeah Wu well, Ping or yeah. Yeah. and but the the emotion of it is just it's just it, it is so impeccably made in that yeah. respect. Like I dare you, as like I, I challenge you, like to to go see that movie and watch like the final few frames of that film and watch what happens and like yeah. be able to walk out without your heart. All being the crushed. trappings and stunts and and stuff like that it is great, but it's about the characters yeah. and their story. My yes. only problem was there was no dragon in it. <laughs> but I will tell you this, or tiger. You know, a lot of people, <laughs> but I don't care about tigers. I saw Born Free. Or cr- but, uh, but that was lions. Crunchy no, tigers. Lions <laughs> and tigers and bears. Oh my, that was the edge. Uh, okay, so um, the thing about Crouching Tiger, Hendrick, you know, now everybody's talking about how Parasite is the movie that could put finally foreign films on the map in Oscar contention. In uh, this is a movie that you know people can acknowledge that you know foreign films are as worthy you know subtitles as anything in English. You know, which we've all known for a long time because we're not scared of subtitles. But they forget that Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon 
is a much more accessible movie right. in a way that you know because it was two thousand, which is ancient times. Apparently, <laughs> right. nobody remembers because that was nominated for a bunch of it Oscars was. too, and, and it was a huge hit. Huge right. hit. I remember seeing. I was so excited to see it because we went into Telluride knowing nothing, no trailers, mm. nothing. It was like one little picture in the program. Uh, and that was all we knew about it, and saw it twice at the festival. Yeah. I could not wait to, to see, see it, it again. again. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as it opened, it opened at that Sherman, uh, Century City Theater, the right. one in the old uh, the old mall there. Right. Oh, ABC Entertainment, ABC Entertainment Center. Yeah, yeah. And I went and saw it there, like opening night yeah. with a group of people. You might have been. With I think me. I was. And it was just fantastic to watch it again. And I bought it on, you know, I bought it on DVD, Blu-ray. So as much as I love Parasite, I find it insulting. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, this movie oh, yeah. is going to make, you know, subtitled uh, films accessible to the masses. It's like, if, if Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon couldn't do it, and that was filled with, like, heart-stopping action, yeah. it's never going to happen. Yeah. Green Destiny. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it even had a sequel that I didn't watch because I heard it wasn't yeah. good. And I didn't well, want it to, like, Netflix, you know, yeah. mess yeah. up my, my thoughts about the original. I mean, Parasite is great. I think Parasite is an awesome, awesome movie. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is just... just Chef's kiss. Yeah, exactly. Well, before we, we, we cement that as our pick, let's talk about some <laughs> let's other... Let's talk about uh, others that didn't make it. Let's talk about it. We're talking uh-huh. about things I like, could have said for Wednesday <laughs> instead of things that had been said. We, we've talked about it before, 24-Hour Party People. I oh, love yeah. Steve right. Coogan. I'm a huge fan of Dunkirk. I, I yep. think it's yeah. that's virtuoso list. filming. And Chris Nolan, I know we have different feelings about different uh, films of his, but boy, Dunkirk, wow, it's the real deal. I mean, that's uh, it's inc- incredible. And and you know what he did with real people on the real location on real locations, you know, it's 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 really remarkable. And his the 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 time the structure of that movie. Yeah. So many people were yeah. so confused by. It. I, I was never confused. Never. Never. But a lot of people yeah. were yeah. very confused by it. By understand. the end, if you don't understand. It's yeah, not that confusing. Not yeah, yeah. But his, his command of structures. Oh my god! All the Kenneth actors Branagh. in that are great. Kenneth Branagh is awesome. He's like one of the great, probably the great Shakespearean actor of our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the way that Nolan tells a story. Just like he has this whole process that, like, he calls the the spiral, where he just kind of takes one story, he ratchets it up to a certain level of tension, then he drops down to another story, he ratchets it up to that level, and he just keeps spiraling these stories, and you can feel it in Dunkirk. You know, you go to see that movie in the theater. You talked about 1917, needing to see it on the big screen. You have to see Dunkirk yeah. on the big yes, screen. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that was another movie that was robbed of an Oscar yeah. to yeah. me. Yeah. I thought Dunkirk was not even nothing's close. It's movie movie. It's movie movie. It's Cinema. movie making. It's yeah. Cinema. Um, you know, uh, I, people who know that listen to the podcast, they know one of my pet peeves is when people talk about how Woody Allen hasn't made a, mo- a great movie mm-hmm. in, in years, which is bullshit because all I, I need to say, there are two movies that can easily qualify, which is Match Point, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. Uh, with Scarlett Johansson, um, which is amazing. The Blue Jasmine, yeah, which Blue is Jasmine also great. And then I love Vicky Cristina Barcelona also. We spent a lot of time in Spain, mm-hmm. and I think that really captures the uh, feeling. And of, Midnight in Paris. And Midnight in Paris, which I picked for time travel week right. so i wouldn't but yeah that could easily qualify i mean that's four movies in yeah. um, you know that could easily be on this list of the best films and of sweet low down would have just missed out 1999 yeah, yeah 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 that's the funny thing is going through all these lists and trying to remember uh films that i really liked from the past 20 years i kept coming up with things that were in the 90s <laughs> yeah. yes <laughs> right the matrix nope, nope. <laughs> 99 yeah. i got a question for you do you drink his milkshake do you drink well, it up Sometimes I do. <laughs> <laughs> because there will be I like a lot. Bo- I like but bowling my movies. milkshake is better than yours. <laughs> uh, but it does well, bring the all the boys yeah, Mine brings the all the boys to the <laughs> <laughs>
I can't say I'm, I'm not a big fan of that movie. Honestly. Really, I uh, I like it a lot. Yeah, I do too. B- mostly for his portrayal. He's well, so he's good. it's yeah, it's it's sure. so good. Like, completely talk about out of the box. Yeah, he's Gonzo maniacal. Yeah. And then the greatest Star Wars director who never got a credit, the director of Michael Clayton, uh, Tony Gilroy. Oh. Uh-huh. I like Michael Clayton a lot. Uh, you know what I love, which you guys are probably going to disagree with me on, which I, this movie I loved. It, it, it lost the Oscar to Moonlight. La La Land, I think. I love La La Land. Lovely Very confection. I love, uh, I love La La Land. An homage to the musicals. Uh, I, I, I just think it's wonderful. I, was I love Moonlight also. So. Yeah. yeah, I like Moonlight too. But that's a, that's a movie that I saw it once and I loved it. I may never see it again. La La Land, I, it's it's so delightful. I think yeah. I saw it. I saw it twice. It's so funny. Moonlight, I kept getting like over the holidays, like on you know when Amazon does like the sales for Christmas. Mm. It's like three ninety nine on Blu ray and then digital. It's like iTunes had it for like you know three ninety nine or two, whatever. And I was like, I was like, oh, should I get that? And I'm like, I'm never gonna watch Moonlight again. And I really yeah. like Moonlight, yeah. but I would never watch it again. I'm like, and I I didn't. It's not buy an it. easy watch. But it's no, terrific. and it's a wonderful movie with some yeah. great performances. And I'm just not sure. But it's but I, you gotta love Bruce Willis in it. Oh no, that's oh. moonlighting. <laughs> Nebraska, I love. With oh, Bruce Nebraska, Dern yeah, and sure. Bob Odenkirk. Although that's one that I saw at Telluride, yeah, and I bought the Blu-ray, and I haven't watched the Blu-ray. I haven't revisited it, right? But I thought it was terrific. I guess we probably shouldn't talk about Tarantino movies. Well, you well can. since we just did the podcast the other week. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> don't pick the same movies. I mean, look, could Once Upon a Time in Hollywood make this list? I think it potentially could. I think but, it absolutely yeah. could. You know, but yeah. we... Uh, but it's a little too close. It's, it's a little too close, close to Tarantino too close to week to and to the move, the release of the movie. Right. You know... Um, you need to get a little more distance from it. But I really liked uh, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. And Kill, Kill, Kill Bill. Kill Bill Volume 1. Yeah, yeah. in the 2000s. And, and Volume 2. Or 2. Yeah. I like 2, too. You like 2, too? I like I like I like Kill Bill like one and two. I like them both. I like two and one. one the whole and two. bloody affair. The whole bloody. That's what we Let said. Let me give you a speed round on some of my. Oh, Eternal oh, Sunshine of the Star. Oh, right. sure. Great movie. Sure. Michelle Gondry. Oh. What happened to him? Children of Men. Yeah, great, yeah. Great. No Country for Old Men. Oh, right. how did we not even talk about Be... that? That could give a run for its money. And that, to by the way, yeah. weirdly, that was going to be my pick, except that I knew that I picked it last year. When yes. we talked about oh, Oscar winners. You're yeah, right, you right. did. Okay, so let's uh, it's ironic. Amelie. That was a, that's a movie which is which is really great, but if you recast her with like a middle aged man, it's just creepy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gladiator? Yes, he was. Oh, I Gladiator. Liked Gladiator at the time. I don't know if it would have been my pick for best picture. No, but it's but yeah. I, I it's it, that's a great that's just straight down the middle. That's one of the movies movie. that I thought was in the nineties. No, it's two thousand. Yeah, two thousand. Uh Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, good movie. Good Angli. Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, yeah. Uh, Grizzly Man, the great documentary about uh, Timothy Treadwell going up to Alaska to live with the grizzly bears. (laughs) City of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Election. Mm -hmm. Oh, Election is 2000s, yeah. Uh, The Dark Knight. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anchorman. Yep. Fun. I'm in the minority on that one. The act of the act of killing. Another really tough documentary to watch uh, uh, about the genocide. Well, if you can do documentaries, what about Man on Wire? Man on Wire. I love Man on Wire, and I love Fog of War about um, you know uh, with Robert McNamara. Mm -hmm. Man on Wire is the one about the dude walking across the the trade center, but not 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 that ridiculous (laughs) movie that Zemeckis made. No, I know the documentary. Yeah, I just I'm, it's like a I'm caper so afraid movie. of heights I can't handle. <laughs> well, then you shouldn't watch the Zemeckis one. But the great thing about the Zemeckis one is the actual walk in the walk. Mm. In 3D. In 3D. That was spectacular. Yeah, I would not. But I would you be spend like, the whole movie yeah, getting the whole there. But the documentary about the walk, and I vaguely remember it from when I was a kid, 
um, is unbelievable. It's so yeah. great. It's such a great story. It's a caper and movie. It's, so it, much, it, it's, it's a caper movie. Yeah. You know, and there's so much now. You know, obviously. Uh, history and 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 you know the, the what the trade center represents and represented uh, it's really a very special film i think I thought they were raisins but they're capers yes <laughs> and a, zodiac uh, united 93 another mm-hmm. movie that was fantastic and i bought the blue uh, dvd but i haven't been mm-hmm. able to watch it again right. because it's it's so powerful uh, almost famous oh yeah mm. almost cameron crowe i love that movie have you watched the expanded version yes. of that how is it it's great yeah, I gotta watch that. Uh, before Sunset was on my list, right. but we just well, how about, about before that. Beyond Sunrise? Sure. Before Sunrise? Uh, no, uh, not before. Bef- be- be- before Midnight. Before Midnight, yeah. which is I think wonderful. Yeah. I, it's better than Return of the Jedi, as as a, as a, <laughs> and a, a trilogy as a ender. Trilogy ender. Um, you know uh, what I like? Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A Zero Dark Thirty. Oh yeah, yeah sure. Although only two of the movies happen yeah. in the in the two thousands. Well, you know that would have been good for sequel week is Two Towers, but I think that's a tremendous sequel. Yeah, for sure. Lord of the Rings was 2000. Then, Fe- Fe- Fellowship was 2000. Two oh, Towers I, thought, was... I thought Lord of no, the no. Rings was 1999. No, Fellowship was 2000. I'm sure of it. Because... No, Fellowship was 2001 because there was that because there was this talk like, will the next one be retitled because of the Twin Towers being destroyed right. on uh, oh, 2000, yeah. 2001? What about uh, yeah. Royal Tenenbaums? I love that movie. Sure. Yeah. We missed that on Gene Hackman week. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'll tell you a Pixar movie that I deeply love is uh, is Up. Yes. Uh, went yeah. to see that, like, uh, I think we were maybe six months pregnant at the time. We and were? Like, yes, my wife. We were both pregnant. Yes. Did you uh, have, do you have, you were getting sick too? Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, no, but, uh, but the first five minutes of that movie, oh, I mean, see, that, kills you. That's, that's the problem. Murders. Yeah. The first five minutes is so wonderful. That the rest of the movie isn't as good, mm. or doesn't it doesn't it it never it hits that, it, that it, note it, again. It, yeah. Yeah. yeah, even though it's wonderful, it's solid. It's a if terrific it, movie. But. If it was ten minutes long, it would be a perfect movie. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I can't go there with you. Yeah, okay. but Wally is good. Sure. See, Wally, I love up until up until they the, the up ship. until the yeah. yeah, and then I'm like uh, whatever. Although I like, I I like Inside, Inside Out. Out. I like Inside yeah. Out a lot. I think Inside Out was this is very relatable and it's just a really smart movie and 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 if you've ever listened to him talk about um, was it Pete Doctor Andrew Stanton? Um, Don't remember. Talk about like the the development of that movie and just how personal that movie mm-hmm. was in trying mm-hmm. to relate to his own daughter. And I just and I think um, just simply as as a as a real and honest expression of you know of what mental health means right and like what happiness is and just and how to relate to your kids and how to talk to them i mean inside out is just awesome yeah but i still think it's crouching tiger, I think it's crouching dragon, tiger. Right? Yeah. okay yeah. so let's go with that monday the social network tuesday the incredibles wednesday I changed my mind so many times. You don't even I remember. forgot what I picked. What did I pick? Team America World Team Police. Team America World Police. Yes. That was my pick. Thursday, it's Mulholland Drive. Silencio. And, <laughs> and, Friday. and Friday, it's Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Excellent. Excellent. What a great week. Wow. It is a great week. Wow. That's really good. Even without Drive. Even without Drive. It's a great week. We should have picked The Last Jedi just to 
screw with people. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. Well, listen, that was a fantastic week. But I want to hear what our uh, what our friends in the, behind the glass have to say. Um, so, sound engineer extraordinaire Bill Ritter, what's your pick for the movie of the millennium? Grand Bucharest Hotel? Budapest. Budapest. Grand Budapest. Now, this is the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> Grand Bucharest Hotel. Grand, yeah, that, that's a good pick. That's great. Wes Anderson should be represented, yeah. so I think that's that's great. What about you, producer Natalie Miscali? What do you say? My personal The Departed. The Departed. Okay, yeah. very good. Remake of Infernal Affairs, which mm -hmm. also could be on the list. Oh, that was, that was 90s. I don't remember. I feel as though it was yeah, the 90s. Yeah, I think it was yeah. the 90s. I don't trust yeah, my memory anymore. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us for another action-packed episode of the 430 Movie. And, and please give us on social media your picks for the, your favorite movie. You can Unless visit us. Unless it's Drive or Brick. <laughs> on, on Twitter at 430 Movie Pod or on Facebook at Electric Surge. Uh, that uh, we can learn all things about all our Electric Surge podcasts. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you may want to check out Electric Surge's other podcasts, like Inglorious Trexperts, the only podcast for Star Trek fans with life, and of course, Best Movies Never Made every other Monday in the upcoming Two on Who, a Doctor Who podcast. Uh, or it could be a Dr. Seuss podcast. We don't know. We'll find <laughs> out. We had, came with the title, and we tried to find something to do with it. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And you can now watch the 430 movie on Electric Now, Available on Stir, Distro TV, and Zumo TV, and coming soon to the Electric Now app. And if you want to order some hip, hip, hip 430 movie swag, you can go to 430movie.com, 430movie.com, and look look at Steve. Look at Steve. Look at that. Look at that. Do you want to look like Steve Melching? Sure. I know I, I do. I want to look like Steve Melching. And then you got, you got Darren here with his... You know, the, the original 430 movie logo. I'm wearing the Psycho-inspired logo. And I got and, a polo shirt. And this is the okay. guy who needs his <laughs> 430 movie swag because yeah. he's not wearing it. We got it. mugs. We got mugs. We got <laughs> memo pads. We got all kinds of stuff. So check it out. Get a jump on your holiday shopping. <laughs> <laughs> real and, big jump. Yeah, real big jump. And, uh, Buy it and, so early, you forget you have it until next February. And also, uh, there we go. So I want to thank, uh, thank Bill Ritter. And Natalie here at the Electric Search Network. And, of course, Dean Devlin, without whom this show would not be possible. We look forward to seeing you for an all-new episode of The 430 Movie next week. Until then, Eyewitness News starts now. This episode is brought to you by ENCOM. Live your life on the grid with the makers of Space Paranoids. This podcast is a production of the Electric Surge Network.